Okay, so, uh, hey you guys, this is Arts252, the podcast roundtable discussion. I'm here with my co-host Ray, and we have Amanda Sue Howell on, and Gracie Klump, and um, we're going to talk about living tiny today. Because we all want to do it. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if it's just a lot of the stewards are into it, or if it's just kind of like, that's the vibe going around these days. I've wanted a tiny home for three or four years now at least. But um, we're going to talk to you guys because you guys are both kind of the same boat that we are. Like, we actually live in regular houses right now, but are wanting to uh, move into tiny homes or versions of that in the foreseeable future. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what, you go first. What's question? Do you have a question? Well, what do you want to say? I guess we could start out with kind of, all of our different inspirations behind why we want to go tiny or when that first became an idea for us. So maybe we could start with one of you, whoever wants to. Go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> um, okay, so for us, it's, it's funny because I started seeing tiny homes become super trendy probably about I guess about the time frame you're mentioning, like five or six years, something like that, there was just like this explosion of tiny home shows on HGTV and people posting them on Pinterest and all of this stuff. And I would see things like how we're living on 500 square foot. And, I, and I, at the time I was like, uh, if it's 500 square foot per family member, okay. Because <laughs> I'm not living in 500 square foot. It's not happening. That's insane. People are out of your freaking minds. And um, I just thought it was nuts. And then we uh, we ended up being stuck in an extended stay for two months when we were moving into this place. And uh, so, yeah, all eight of us in one hotel room for two months. And it was nuts. <laughs> Oh, that's gotta be rough. Two months. That's a long time. Now, 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 time out. Cause you said all eight of us. So it's all eight you, of us, yeah. you, your husband, mm-hmm. how many children? Six kids. Can you Six do Six kids. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Eight minus two. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know you had, honestly, I didn't think you had six kids. I didn't know if you're like counting, counting a nephew or a niece or what. I have six. They range in age from almost, uh, almost 15, God help me, um, to three years old. Wow. So everything in between. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, we were all in an extended state. Now this, they weren't the same ages, uh, then this was two years ago. So we're talking just turned 13 and with the attitude to go with it and one and barely one. Um, So, yeah, we were still trucking around a baby and it was nuts. I mean, I think I spent most of the time as we were there going, shh, shh, there's people underneath us. Please stop stopping. What are you doing? And I was just like constantly freaking out that somebody was going to come be like, "Um, excuse me. Uh, y'all have too many people in that room. You need to be paying for another room because that was just not, they don't have suites. It wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so we finally got everything closed on this house and everything. And this is a big house. This is a five bedroom house. It's like, I think it's like 3,200 square feet, something like that. It's a big house. It's two story, like colonial style house. And we figured out we have a ton of wasted space. Um, and uh, my husband, Philip, was watching. I don't even know what travel channel or something one day. And they were showing all of these people with their like totally pimped out um, RVs. And he was like, babe, you got to come check this out. You won't believe what they put in RVs now. And I'm like, RVs, dude, I've seen RVs. And I walked around the corner and I was like, oh, I have not seen these kind of what? <laughs> this is an RV. When did this happen? Because I've known people with RVs before. They didn't look like this. And um, he's like, well, these are, you know, the more expensive ones, of course. And I'm like, okay, well, what does a normal one look like? So we started looking into it. And the more we started looking into it, the more we were like, man, this would be so cool. Because when I was a kid, there was this show called Touched by an Angel. And most people have heard of Touched by an Angel. But what most of them don't remember is that there was a spinoff show called Promised Land. And Promised Land had this family that was traveling around and for some reason work or something. They just suddenly had to hit the road. And they would travel around. And I always thought it was such a wasted opportunity because they would do homeschool. But it was like boring 
textbook, sitting at the picnic table at the campground stuff. And I'm thinking you're traveling around all over the place and you're not hitting state parks. Mm -hmm. You're not checking out museums. You're not doing any of the, you know, historical markers. You're not doing anything with this. There's so much opportunity here. Like why read about these places when you could be seeing these places? That's nuts. And so this is something that we've talked about for a long time. And the more we started talking about the RV idea, it was like, my God, we could actually do this. We could actually be traveling around and seeing these places. Um, and then, you know, just on a fun note, my husband is getting a, a forge, like a bladesmithing business going. And one of the things that we're focusing on is like barbecue. And we're thinking, you know, as a side note, how fun would it be to try barbecue all over the country? Because different regions have different oh, kinds yeah. of barbecue. Oh, like yeah. barbecue is very different in Texas oh, so than it cool. is in Kansas City than it is in South Carolina. They got their own sauces. They got their own way of doing it. This is a dry rub place. This is a smokehouse. This is like, you know, they have their own things. And it would be super, super fun to be trying barbecue places all over the place while we're checking out, you know, the historic stuff and the museums and things like that. Talk about podcast content or vlogging or vlogging. Yeah. And this is actually what sparked the idea for our travel blog that we're in the process of setting up because... I've wanted to do a blog with my husband for as long as we've been married and he's never been into the idea. He's like, no, no, that's your thing, babe. You have fun with that. And then when we started talking about doing this, well, now he's getting his own website set up for his uh, forge and all of that stuff. And so then I kind of kicked around the idea like, hey, you know, what if we blogged or vlogged or something the places that we're going and the things that we're doing. And he's like, that could be a lot of fun. He goes, we're pretty funny when we start, you know, riffing off of each other. I'm like, yeah, we're hilarious. How he's cute. like, that could be really good. Okay. So yeah, sold him on it. And yes. yeah, now we're talking about like having a Patreon nice, and nice. maybe a podcast down the road and all this fun stuff. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So Gracie, what about you? What's your backstory? Oh gosh. Um, it's kind of funny because uh, my husband, Ethan, and I decided, like, I specifically remember when we decided we were going to build our stream trailer and renovate it. But neither one of us can figure out where the idea actually came from. We were on a road trip from Texas back to Michigan to visit um, a bunch of my family. And somewhere between when we left and when we arrived, we had just made this decision. But we can't even remember, like, where did we first hear that people were taking old Airstream trailers or RVs and renovating them? And I honestly don't even know. But I kind of like that. It feels sort of magical, kind of like how like James Berry couldn't really remember actually writing Peter Pan. It was just like in existence. So it's sort of like our trailer is sort of like that um, yeah. for us, this idea that we, we don't, we don't even really know where we first came up with the idea or, or first saw the idea. Cause mm-hmm. I'm sure we didn't come up with it on our own. Um, yeah. We definitely didn't, but um, you know, we somewhere along the line had been seeing the same kinds of things, people living in tiny houses and doing these exciting renovations and, um, I do know at some point we had started following, uh, let's see, um, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to remember the names, uh, Gone with the Wind, um, Nikki and Jason Wind, is that right? Yes, thank you. Um, and they lived in an RV for, I don't know, like eight years or something like that, and since then they've moved on to actually uh, living on a sailboat, which is really exciting, but nice. um, they do, the kind of thing that... I mean, that you were talking about doing their like travel documentarians. And um, so it's really cool to, to watch, watch them to learn more about what life on the road can look like. And I mean, the same kind of things, like if we just need a lot of space, um, Ethan and I have never had a house um, or really very much space. We've always, li- always lived in apartments and they've gotten progressively smaller. Pretty, We've moved pretty much at least once every year. This past year has been extra crazy, but um, every time they've gotten a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller. And so, I don't know, I guess it seems like kind of a natural progression to think, well, let's just go ahead and go quite small and, well, relatively small and take it on the road. So we love to travel. We went on a, a really long road trip. Um, it was like a month long road trip one summer back when Ethan was a teacher. So we had some, and uh, we went from Texas across all the way up 
the West Coast in about a month. And it was it was the best. Oh, my gosh. It was just the best thing ever. We met up with so many different people. And we tried to blog about it. Didn't super work. Um, but it was just really exciting. And we camped some along the way. It was just one of the best experiences we've had. So it just kind of made sense to kind of fold some of those things together and, and take that into Tiny Living on the Road, which we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. But we're working on it. Working on yeah, it. Yeah, very much a work in progress, yeah. right? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a very long process, which we knew it was we knew some of what we were getting into, but uh it's definitely when when people say a labor of love, that's yeah. Very much true, also totally an understatement. It it takes absolute total commitment uh to to make it through that and uh just so much effort so much research i mean with renovating an old trailer there's a whole lot that comes with that i mean there's the romance of it you know it's a beautiful trailer it's cheaper to get uh because it's old you know so it saves you a lot of money that way but it definitely takes a lot more effort too so yeah yeah yeah. it's been a very long journey (laughs) and just to clarify because you kind of glitched out just moment earlier but you're renovating a streamlined trailer right what year is an it? airstream trailer airstream yeah. airstream it's trailer. a night yeah it's a it's a 1973 airstream trailer so a lot of people uh recognize them by they they call them like tin can trailers they're the shiny aluminum ones mm-hmm. that you really can't help but see when they when they go down the road yeah and there's actually uh still a lot of the really old ones on the road too it's pretty cool yeah that's awesome so, uh, what about you, Brandon? My story. Yeah. I grew up in huge houses. I had, well, that's kind of a lie. My first house was a trailer home, you know, on wheels. And then me and my dad pretty much built my first home back in Louisiana, which was pretty big. We had it upstairs, we had cathedral ceilings, I had my own room, I had French doors that opened to a front porch. It was super nice. And then, uh, of course, I moved out. But even though I moved out, my mom and dad went and, like, built another house that was, like, twice (laughs) that size. It's about 3,000 square foot. It's got, uh, you know, it's two stories. The upstairs has each their individual rooms with bathroom and, like, a sitting area in between. Not to mention, like, a workout room. Just, like, a bonus point room. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, my mom's all about just big open space and she's you know she's a true southerner it's all about the house you know that was life and i and i uh, grew up there and lived in an apartment here moved into the house i'm in now but same thing like about i guess would you say i'm into like five or six years ago you started seeing tiny home stuff pop up on tv um my brother lived in portland so a lot of that stuff was taking place in portland um, I watched a few documentaries on like Netflix and stuff, just like an hour-long documentary. I remember this one. It was about this couple, and they were building their own tiny home. And I just kind of like fell in love with the idea. I was just like, I just, I, because I don't. I'm already a person of minimalist necessity already. Like, um, and I already think outside the box pretty much in every other aspect of my life. Like talking to Ray today I want to take my couch out of my living room and move my work desk into my living room and just let it be my workspace um I'll have to get another couch because my couch takes up so much room and I can't stand it I'm like why do I have this ginormous couch 90% of the time my youngest is in his room my oldest is in college and like and I don't watch tv or movies hardly ever so it's like what do I have this sectional yeah, it's for. just socially normal yeah it's just it's obnoxious is what yeah. it is mm-hmm. and so um uh three maybe three or four years ago they had a tiny home show expo come through in arlington texas and i went to the expo just to check it out and there was two parts of the expo one part was like these are the tiny homes we can build for you starting at seventy thousand dollars <laughs> And it had like all these bells and whistles. You would walk in and one of them had like a bed that could be lowered from the ceiling. Like it doubled as the ceiling light. And then like when you it's time to go to bed, it lowered and you climbed onto the light. 
fixture and slept. Weird. Which was cool, but I'm like, I don't have that fancy stuff in my actual house. Why do I need it in the tiny house? Then they had a second section, which was just all actual tiny home owners that had built it pretty much from the ground up. And it was super cool because they had all these, like, each tiny home had a sign out front. And it, it said how much it took to make it, um, what kind of power source, whether it was running on electricity or if it was off the grid or solar power or whatever, what kind of plumbing it had, because some of them have their own plumbing. Sometimes you have to plug them in, like, at a, a RV park or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is, this is super cool. It was super informative. But I really got to walk through these actual tiny homes built by these real people and see how it was done. And I was like, oh, this is the way, this is the way to do it. And a lot of the draw for me is it's less – I mean, I know that I can live minimally and I'm excited about that. But I'm more excited about not having to pay a mortgage <laughs> because I can sell yeah. the house that I'm in and make enough money to build like four tiny homes with the profit that I make. You know what I'm saying? Because you can make a tiny home for 20000 give or take, and it's paid for in full. And then this is my home, and I don't have to like pay anybody to do anything else. Like I didn't have to take out a loan. It's just paid for. And for me, it's just about getting out from under that sort of debt that's hanging over your head. And then because as soon as I take a 1000 bucks out of my budget – that means there's a thousand bucks in my pocket, and I can do much more with a thousand bucks in my pocket, living simpler and appreciating life more in a much tiny space. Like, I don't need this, I don't need all this room, you know. Um, truth be told, I spend more time at my desk drawing <laughs> than anything else in the kitchen, you know. Uh, you know, if I want to watch TV, I just need like one nice, comfy chair fits two or three people and I'm good to go. And so I really I really fell in love with the idea, saw those tiny homes, um, and I was just like, oh no no, this is this is where I'm at. This is what I'm gonna be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so funny because when I met Ray, that was my I first I was about to say that. That was my first like He was like, let's get our goals out on yeah, the yeah. table. <laughs> I was like, if we're gonna be in a relationship, here's the deal. I want a tiny home. If you can't deal with that, it's out. Like, this is over. Let's not even entertain this anymore. I want to live tiny. If you can deal with that, then we can keep talking. And she's like, no, that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Well, and for me, like, I'm I'm somewhat of the odd man out. I've not specifically wanted to go tiny. I've never wanted a big house. I always wanted a cottage. So uh, it was, it wasn't quite like, like, I wasn't tiny house minded, but I love tiny spaces versus big houses right right or normal sized houses that counts yeah yeah well and just even the cottage is just uh as per ray's nature it's like cozy quaint you know it's not overstated it's yeah. at best it's understated i just need just a place to be comfortable and just to be quaint and just live my life and be just content with what i have type mindset type thing mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm all about that type of life. I just, I even, (laughs) where I want to build a gazebo, like an outdoor gazebo, but maybe like screened in and that'll be like the living space. Like, hey, like if we want to do any sort of, like have friends over or any sort of entertaining, we're we're technically, we're outdoors. Like, hey, let's go out on the gazebo. I could put a window unit in and have it pipe in heat or air or have like, you know, um, Fans. A wood burning stove, whatever, yeah. whatever. But just like, hey, this is where we do our living, but you're technically outside. And on a great summer day, you can just put those screens up and be outside. I just love the idea of living more life outside than inside, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really dig yeah. it. So I'm all about it. I'm excited. Mm. But, um, Gracie, to your credit, because like you said, you've had the downsize very. You've had to downsize a lot. And right now you're renovating yeah. the the Airstream and living in a tiny, like a tiny Airbnb in the meantime, right? Yeah. Um, so you've had to go through and minimize quite a bit within the past year to get like, just to get rid of stuff or whatever. See, you- like none of us, yeah. I, I, I think Amanda, you would be the same 
none of us have actually had to pare down yet and see what it's like to get rid of everything or most of mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Oh, you baby. We're so <laughs> new to this. Well, and it's something that I really, uh-huh. in my head, I think I'm going to struggle with because, like I said, I don't need a lot of stuff, but I'm a huge art collector, even of just like small pieces and local art. And I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get rid of some of my like really favorite pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I just. Well, we don't I, have to get rid of everything. And. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, like with minimalism, when people think of minimalism, they think, oh, you, you don't, have, you don't own anything at all. And it doesn't have to be like that. You, you know, if you don't have to, if you love books, if you love art, you don't have to get rid of all of everything of that kind of thing that you have. It's, it's more about prioritizing what you do have for what you actually use and actually love. So you're getting rid of the, the, the stuff that you just keep moving around with you everywhere you go even though you don't always use it or know what to do right. with it and um yeah it's not it's not about getting rid of absolutely everything but i'm sorry i think you were gonna ask a question i didn't mean to interrupt no 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 you're 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 doing what i asked you because um i was just gonna ask you to speak to that a little bit because it's it's like that mindset of get get rid of something you love to keep something you love even more type thing you know mm-hmm. and um i did have something else like I guess, do you have any kind of uh, question that you ask yourself? Like, does it spark joy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you laugh, but I mean, that totally does help, for sure. Um, And I mean, it's a long, long process. Like, uh, so I guess let me back into this. I'm sorry, I'm feeling like extra introverted today. So I'm trying to figure out like how to things I think it's because I haven't really talked to anyone for a while now um, <laughs> we're all hermits but, right now so, yeah it's been a, it's, yeah yeah um yeah it's been a really really long process for us and it's been kind of escalated uh in the last year or so but um really we've been like slowly downsizing for the last how long we've been married uh seven years so like when we first got married I don't know where what family background y'all come from but we both grew up in the midwest and in the midwest it's like you once you get stuff you hang on to your stuff and you don't let anyone else take your stuff and you keep it till you die like that's the (laughs) plan for life in the midwest that's how you survive which is ridiculous because then it all ends up on the front yard like just rusting away and really gross but um that's like just what you do is you 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 hang you get stuff hand-me-downs from family or whatever like when we got married we got we didn't actually own like we owned one thing that we bought ourselves but everything else was hand-me-downs from family and uh all sorts of gifts that were hand-me-downs from other people or bought at garage sales or things like that so like Mm -hmm. we actually had a ton of stuff when we first it was it wasn't like like we couldn't have filled like even a two bedroom apartment, but it was a, just a lot of stuff that we didn't actually need. And we just had it because we felt like we had to keep it Yeah, uh, because that's apparently just what you do when you get married and start a household of your own. Um, mm-hmm. So the first part of the process of getting rid of everything was, was really that like going through everything and just asking yourselves, do, do you use and you get rid of everything you, you don't actually use? And then kind of the next thing is like, do I actually like it? You, sometimes you have to ask yourself those two things at the same time, because there's a lot of things that could be useful at some point in the future. And I think that's, that's where all the like Midwestern kind of thing that would stop there. Well, if it could be useful at some point in the future, we'd better keep it because that's the practical thing to do, which I totally it, understand. It can be that. kind of hard to argue with that. Right. Yeah. That's how I was um, raised. But at the yeah. same time, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but it's about your life and how you live it. So, you know, as much as everyone meant really well when they give us those things and we could, in theory, use them, if you're not using it right now already, and especially if you've moved it around with you um, or had it for more than, I don't know, a couple of months and you've never used it, just get rid of it. <laughs> you're not going to use it. Um, or you can put it in a box or some or like a storage area and keep it there for about a month and if you haven't gone digging in those boxes or in that storage area for something that you need just give it away right then and don't even open the box because if you open the box you'll start to feel guilty about getting rid of stuff or think you might need it and you just don't 
Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the first question. But I mean, it does this spark joy. I mean, it's a real thing that once you get down to a relatively small amount of stuff, and we had to do that, yeah, over the last year was even more so. We've been living in studio apartments for the last few years, but they've gotten kind of progressively smaller. And then we knew we were going to have to be able to fit into a uh, not quite 200 square feet uh, trailer. So in preparation for that, um, we had to get rid of even more. And that's where you really come, you really come to that point where you have to make a lot of, I guess, more of those like deeper level decisions because uh, you've gotten rid of all the really easy stuff to get rid of. So you do have to make some really hard decisions. We had so many books. We've got it down now to where I think we have three copy paper boxes full of books and that's it. And wow. it's really hard. Some of it is really, really hard. But then you just have to keep kind of thinking of well, what's the dream? What are you going towards? Right. Are you going to feel better keeping the stuff? Are you going to feel better when you're lightweight? And like in our case, we can fit everything we own in the back of our pickup truck now. And that feels amazing. Like I, to me, like that's just a huge, I don't know. It's really comforting for me to know that like everything that I absolutely need and some things that I don't absolutely need that I just love in our truck, like in the event of a total emergency, we can load everything we have to right there. And it's, you know, it's like having your house on your back kind of thing. And it's just with you. Um, but you do have to get rid of a lot of the, the stuff that you maybe really like, or maybe sometimes use, but don't always use and they're not your absolute favorite. So it's actually kind of a cool process because it it causes you to make a lot of decisions too about who you are and what you want your life to look like mm -hmm. and what things you're going to prioritize, not just in terms of stuff, but in terms of what your life is going to be about and um, what are the things that are going to be really important to you to have around you. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's a point whenever things like owning a Kindle or whatever, like, oh, I can, you know, I have these books that are hard copies that are valuable for whatever reason, but more so I can have all, any of the books that I want to read here on this tablet, it fits in a backpack, I'm good to go type thing. Same with, I know, yeah. you know, you're an illustrator, but you, everything's mm -hmm. digital now for you, or mostly from what I can tell, you know what I'm saying? And so you don't yeah. have a desk or a drafting mm -hmm. table and there's no paper to log around. It's like everything's digital, yeah. everything is no. saved on files <laughs> and it just makes life that much more, less complicated. Yeah. And that was a that was a conscious choice that I had to make too. Yeah, I didn't really make that switch until the summer. I was doing a lot more traditional artwork. I mean, I've always done some kind of combination of traditional and digital, but I was doing a lot more traditional work up until this summer. And I still I have one box of art supplies, um, and I just allowed myself that one box. If I can't fit in that box, I can't have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I have traditional art supplies, but it's a small number. And then yeah, you just have to make those choices. Yeah. Cool. So, Amanda, I have a different sort of question for you. <laughs> All right. And then I know you're not living tiny right now, but you were in mm -hmm. uh, what the hotel? That's what, yeah, the hotel. Mm -hmm. In room. an extended stay, yeah. Extended stay for how long? Two, two months. Two months. So, if I was in an extended stay for two months with six kids, I would have gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. how does tiny living translate for you like like i'm sure i'm not you know everyone loves their children i'm not i'm not assuming that nobody does but like they do drive you crazy mine are grown and they still drive me crazy and i'm just oh, yeah. like um what what do you see how do you picture that in your head like what is this going to look like with those kids running around you know so, I mean, in some ways we're more prepared for this than some people are because we homeschool. So like okay, I okay. am with my kids 24 um, seven. I've had to have coping mechanisms for when they drive me nuts for as long <laughs> as they've been around. Um, and so like, yeah, while a lot, other, a lot of other people who are getting into the idea of full timing and are now pulling their kids out of school and stuff, I mean like this whole thing with, uh, with COVID, I have had so many people that thought I was crazy for homeschooling that are now like, girl, <laughs> because um, I have my kids with me and um, I only have two and they're driving me crazy. What do you do? <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
Oh, now, now you want to know all about this. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's where so that vlogging comes in. It's like, all right, here's my 10 steps to coping with kids in the house all the time. <laughs> I am actually going to do an Instagram TV, uh, like not edited or anything. Just, yes. just, just sit down and be like, okay, here's some quick tips for those of you who are new to this, because I'm getting tons of questions on it. Yeah, you should. Um, so yeah. we... We are, um, so in some ways, this is not going to be very hard for us. I grew up in kind of a similar house to what Gracie was describing. Not Midwest by any means. My mom was born in uh, New Braunfels, Texas, and has lived in Texas most of her life. Um, But, you know, like we had the junk drawer with 27 electrical cords that God only knows where they came from. And we're probably never going to know what they go to, but we're never going to get rid of them because the minute you get rid of them, you're going to figure out what that thing was for. And then you're going to regret getting rid of it, (laughs) you know, and that's what I grew up with. And, um, the difference between me and my mom became really, really apparent to me back a few years ago. I got a phone call from my brother-in-law and he never calls me. He has my sister call me if we need anything. And uh, he called me and he said, I got a question real quick. Do you mind if we get rid of the Christmas tree? We're trying to get rid of some stuff in our house and we just want to, we just want to get rid of it. And I said, what Christmas tree? And he said, the Christmas tree you gave us a couple of years ago. And I said, it's yours. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. He goes, really? Because your mother, if she gives us anything, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's my mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom, if you give, if she gives you something and you want to get rid of it down the road, you better check in with her, let her know exactly why you're getting rid of it, all of the things so that she can verify whether or not maybe she wants it back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She she might want it back by then. Um, And I'm not like that. So I don't, we don't get very attached to things. The furniture in this house, most of it is like picked up from a side of the road and refurbished or picked up from Salvation Army or our local, you know, thrift store that's run from a church here, things like that. So we're not attached to any of it. We have some things that are going to want to come with us. My husband's grandpa's Air Force photo, that's going to be coming with us. Um, I have a Bible that has photos from grandparents of mine that have passed away. That's going to be coming with us. Books wise, I have some like old books that I've picked up a long way. I have a book that's in t- Italian. I don't even speak Italian, but the thing is like, you know, a hundred years old. I'm keeping that sucker. Um, I have a book that I got last year that's, um, it's written by Gary Sinise and it's autographed. I've never had an autographed book before. Yeah. It's my first one. I'm super excited about it. I love him. Cool. I love all the stuff he's done for the military. That's coming with me. Everything else can go on Kindle. I don't care. I prefer books to Kindle, but for this, yeah, it's going to be Kindle all the way. We started switching the kids' school stuff to what can we do on the computer. Um, we actually just recently acquired an Apple TV because I can relay all of my stuff is, is Mac devices. I've got an iPhone. I've got an iPad. I've got a Mac computer. And we figured out with an Apple TV, I could relay stuff from my computer to the TV. And we're like, oh, okay, oh, well, shoot. I can pull yeah. up stuff. So that helps out with school. We're moving, we're going to be picking up some of the like kid Kindle, like the sturdy ones that have the thick plastic stuff around them, like the Kindle fire for kids. We're going to be picking up a couple of those and putting some Kindle books on there for them. So they've got books to read, uh, educational apps, things like that. And then we're going to be utilizing all of the resources we'll have along the way, like science centers and kid museums and Mm -hmm. nature, you know, nature centers, conservatories, things like that. And just have a blast with it and kind of uh, feel our way through homeschooling that way. Um, But it's, we haven't started the purge process so much as it's affected how we've moved going forward once we made that decision. Um, I needed to replace my mic and I wanted to get one of those really schmancy, you know, XLR setup that you have to have the interface and all of that junk. And then I was like, that would be such a pain in the neck in an RV, like cords just all over yeah, the place. Yeah. So instead I picked up, it's like just off screen, but I picked up a Yeti instead. Yeah. Um, cool. You know, started purging down my art supplies. As I get rid of them, I'm not replacing them. That's, <laughs> that, that's been a whole nother thing. Typically I just go out and replace them. And, and so kind of like Gracie's been doing, I've been moving to more digital stuff um, the stickers that I've been making recently and the pins I've been making recently, those have been done on my iPad and procreate. Yeah. And then I've just sent the design off. So moving to more digital type stuff that way. Um, and then for the kids, we started switching to, uh, capsule wardrobes. 
So they have nice, narrow <laughs> wardrobe. Everything goes together. There's nothing crazy. They can throw whatever together. It all matches. And it's not a whole closet full of clothes that we're going to have to figure out how to put into the RV. So that's the other thing. It's not really so much that we've been purging anything yet. It's just that we've been making uh, smarter decisions going forward. Right. So that it'll be easier to pare things down when we do get ready to do it. Right, right. I mean, that's my mindset. I'm, I haven't gone to, to the extremes that you guys are both doing now, but uh, little by little, like maybe two weeks ago, <laughs> I opened up my cabinet and I've got, I don't know how many glasses I have. I have a ton of glasses. Drinking I'm, glasses. Yeah, just tons of drinking glasses. And I was like, I don't know why I have so much glasses. And literally, because... Um, Two things. I've got, like Gracie said, you get glasses, you keep glasses. So I've got glasses that I just inherited mm-hmm. or picked up or bought when I moved into the house or whatever. But also in Fort Worth, especially at Martin House, when you go to a brewery tour, you get a, like a, a souvenir glass. <laughs> well, I like beer. I've got like seven souvenir glasses from Martin House. <laughs> and I'm just like... I've got so many glasses now. So a couple weeks ago, I pulled out all the glasses, and it's like, okay, for right now, because I'll I'll pare this down some more. I'll just keep all the beer ones. I'll keep a couple plastic ones because you one's clumsy, and then everything else goes into a box that I'm just gonna donate. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, just get rid of this stuff. I did it with my coffee mugs um, a couple years before. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why I've got so many coffee mugs. Pick four or five that are my faves that I love, and then the rest. Like, I don't know why. And I bought one the day before yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. coffee mugs are special, though. Mugs yeah. are probably one of the mm. hardest. At least they were one of the hardest things for us to get rid of, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We See, still have more than we need. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know why. I don't even like, like, I'm not saying Starbucks is bad, but I'm not even attached to Starbucks. Why do I got, like, 14 mm. Starbucks coffee mugs? Yeah, those all went to a box, too. It's just, mm-hmm. like, when you start really thinking about it, there's so much stuff that you just don't freaking need, you know? <laughs> well, and I'll get in a mindset. Even when I clean house, I'll just get in this mindset. And it's probably whenever it's time to, like, pare down and get rid of stuff, it's so easy for me to stop and just be like, do I even care about this item? Like, I, I don't know. I'm not super sentimental already. Like I said, I have a few things, but it's not like, oh, I have to have this shirt because I bought this shirt at the concert in, you know, 1995 and I saw Blink-182. No, no, no. <laughs> this shirt is too tight. It doesn't fit. I'll never lose weight to fit in it. It goes in the trash. Mm-hmm. Like, if I tried it on, it would just make me feel even fatter than I already am. It's going in the trash. Just burn it. I Marie Kondoed my closet and I got super emotional about it. I was like, I'm going to get rid of all this stuff. I had a ton of clothes I was going to get rid of, and I didn't get rid of. And I had, like, zero cardigans. Oh, yeah, And it was so sad because cardigans had just, like, kind of, like, gotten cuter all of a sudden. Like, like if you button them, they are more stylish all of a sudden. And I'd gotten rid of all of mine, and I had so many. It was really sad. Now she's she's had to buy back some some cardigans. Yeah. He's like, "Are you still working on that core closet because or no, uh, capsule, capsule wardrobe because you got a ton of clothes that you're buying right now." Yeah. Are you almost done? Well, cuz she went through and let, yeah, like kind of like mm-hmm. purged a lot of stuff and then went right to work buying more stuff. And I'm like, "Wait, you just got rid of a bunch of stuff." And she's like, "No, I'm working on the basics. You have the to have basics. a foundation." You have to have, like, one black shirt, one white shirt, you know, one black pair of pants, one pair of black shoes. It's like Fight Club. It's like you have to have these essentials, and then that's it. You don't need anything else. (laughs) Well, um, Gracie, you said earlier that you guys, like, did a road trip for a year? Was that – did I hear correctly? Uh, For for about a month, yeah. For a month, for a month. I wish it had been a year. In the future, that would be in the future. Well, it's funny, my – uh, one of my best friends from high school, two years ago, he did like a road trip with his family. He's got two kids. They're younger than mine. I think they're more like, I don't know, like nine and 13. But um, he had a van and he had kind of an Airstream type trailer, but it just it hooked up to his van on a hitch. And that's where they, they cooked and slept and all that stuff. But he did like a three week vacation where they just kind of hit the road and like went on tour and stopped and stayed at national parks and kind of went all over the place 
And at one point, his wife did like a little Instagram tour of their space and showed where people slept and showed like, like after the kids went to bed, they just kind of closed this curtain and they went to sleep and they can kind of do whatever, or, you know, stay up or read or do whatever. Anyway, it was just, I don't know, it was so intriguing. I was like, that just seems like the best, like way to live. Do you know what I'm saying? And they would stop yeah. at a park and... Um, the kids could go, you know, they had their bikes on on the van, and so they can just go ride bikes and just kind of live out in the woods for a little while. They would stop in at the internet. They'd stop in at a coffee shop and get online and do business or, you know, pay bills, do whatever they have to do, and then get back on the road. And it was just like, God, this is just, it's so intriguing to me. It's uh, It just looks so much fun. And I think part of the draw, the draw is just like, I don't know, does it feel routine or maybe it just feels new? It just feels like you're camping all the time. Aiden said that earlier about this quarantine. He's like, it just feels like we're camping all the time, just in our house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, because we have to like... Yeah, I think that's one of the things... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that's one of the things that got me super excited about it because, um, so like, I grew up in a big family. Uh, I'm the oldest of 10 kids. And we never went on vacation. Like the only time I can remember ever leaving the state was to go to a funeral. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so like, yeah. So like we went to Carlsbad, New Mexico for a funeral. We went, you know, um, several times to Carlsbad, New Mexico for a funeral. Um, my, and I think like once or twice we went out of state for a family reunion. Other than that, like we've never been on a vacation. We didn't even have a honeymoon. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah. I just picture you guys as kids, and when your mom was like, So, Auntie Claire died, you'll be like, Yes, road trip! <laughs> road trip! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> see, we get to see Nana and, and Grandpa Robert. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, and so, this is one thing that we've talked about is wanting to be able to go on vacations. He didn't really get to go on vacations when he was a kid either. Uh, he's been camping before, I've never been camping. And so, like, we have all of these adventures on the horizon that we're so excited yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you think that Going Tiny will potentially help your art or help inspire your art? That might be too broad of a question. But... Or maybe just, like, what impact do you think it will make on your art? Mm-hmm. Well, my thing is I still plan on having, like, a desk. Like, I still want a desk... I'm still very traditional in the way that I draw. It's just I like to draw more traditionally, you know, pen and paper. I don't do much digital work. And if I do, typically I draw traditionally and then scan. Personally, I don't think I'll be giving that up. I pretty much can can exist. Everything can exist on a drafting table for me. If if I'm if I'm going to scale down, it's just like you said, you guys said, like as I you know, scale down just to the supplies that I absolutely have to have. The, you know, the pipe dream is that if I can get out from under a mortgage, then I don't have to work so much at an actual job. And so I would like to say I could not worry about having to work 40 hours a week plus and can just work 20 hours a week plus somewhere else. Just, you know, running a cash register, you know, you know, stocking food i don't know just something simple and almost like mindless if i have to like draw a paycheck and then either supplement my income with illustration Mm -hmm. you know if i can't make you know all my bills paid with illustration whenever i did tour tiny homes my favorite was a guy who had converted a bus and he was completely off the grid everything was done through solar panels he had on the roof and if the solar panel energy failed, he had like a backup battery that was charged by like the actual battery that ran the bus. I mean, it was just such a sweet setup and he could roll anywhere. Like he could crank it up and go down the road and park it anywhere he needed to. And that was his life all on that bus. And I was like, that would just be so cool to be off the grid and not have to worry about. I mean, that, there goes your electricity bill. There goes your water bill. There goes your mortgage. And just one fell swoop, you know, just to, mm-hmm. to convert this thing. I was like, God, it's such a. It's such a cool concept, and so I would love to be able to just work a small part-time job and then supplement the rest with just illustration and, and focus more on being an artist and doing what I love to do on a daily basis, you know. Yeah, I think there's, there's so many different things that could really positively impact um, your work, I think, going tiny. I mean, there's, uh, 
I think there is something to be said about how much your focus increased. I mean, just getting rid of uh, going through the mental process of thinking through what do you absolutely need for whatever it is that you create and what do you use the most um, and then just having just enough for those things and then workspace and everything. I mean, that, that causes you to make a lot of conscious decisions that you wouldn't normally be making otherwise. And I think even just that act by itself can kind of help you be more focused. You think more about what you like to do, what you want to do, where you want to go with your work. There's a, a different level of intentionality that I think comes with even just that. Um, and then just having a simplified space too. I mean, you don't, you you have knickknacks if you want to have knickknacks, but just knowing you have everything you need right there, um, you know, cause then you're not thinking like, oh, like I used to have, um, kind of like with all this stuff, I'd have all these like craft supplies that were handed down to me. Like, oh, my sister was making this project and she doesn't need all this stuff anymore. So here, take those. And you can you kind of just hang on to all these things. And so even if you're not really thinking about it, your your attention is sort of split sometimes when you're trying to figure out um, what to pursue next, what kind of project to do, what sort of media to do, like all of those kinds of things. You're kind of thinking that you're at the back of your mind somewhere like, oh, but maybe I should be doing something with this thing or that thing. And if you don't have those anymore, then you can just be really doubling down on what you actually want to do, um, which I think can show up in your work. People can see more of that focus and and feel that more in your work which I think can be really good uh and then with traveling too I mean that's like that's the dream right there that's the that that can't help but feed into whatever yeah. it is that you create just mm-hmm. getting out and experiencing more things I mean whether that's different kinds of weather and vegetation and meeting all sorts of different kinds of people and just taking so much more of this in I mean, even with the internet, like we have access to so much information and so many pictures and all these things, but there's nothing like actually living it yourself. It's, it's a completely different experience than um, having more access to that, I think, will constantly feed more inspiration um, and just give you more different things to think about and different ways to approach things, which I think is just so exciting. I can't wait for, for more of that. That's awesome. Well, at the moment, what we're looking at doing, we're not going to be full-time in the RV. We're planning on being a lot of the time, but we won't be full-time because I have a a genetic disorder that I think would make it uncomfortable for me to live permanently in an RV. So we're going to have a home base. And what we've kind of talked about doing is having like home base art and Mm -hmm. on the road art. So like watercolors, uh, inking, anything like that would be a home base or at the campground only mm-hmm. type art and then anything on the road that can be where I'm doing my digital lettering or digital illustrations or things like that because iPad is very forgiving um but uh, yeah so that's kind of what we've been doing is figuring out uh home base art versus on the road art mm-hmm. cool so yeah that's kind of the direction we're going is just splitting my two worlds and figuring out what can be done standing still what can be done um, what can I do now and then upload later when we're at a coffee shop, you know, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. that sort cool. of idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I think that's kind of, some of that's kind of the key to, to, to paring down all of your stuff too, is, is touching on that theme of like needing to know, you just need to know how you work and what you want to be able to do and figure out a way of making that work. So just focusing on those things. How do I live? do that <laughs> right right and it's funny because you can kind of draw a parallel you know how they say uh, here recently i had to like pick a color palette for the after death and it's like okay these are the colors that i like these are the colors i don't want to work with i don't need these rainbow of colors but these eight to twelve colors and a lot of times when you i mean they say it all the time in art when you limit yourself you find more creative ways to execute yeah because it's like all right this is this is all that i've got to work with i have to make this work and typically the outcomes are even better than if you had like all these options in front of you you know i love that definitely yeah just riffing off of that i think i think that applies too with um perfectionism uh like i was just thinking about um with 
our layout, like in the Airstream, there's only so many places we can be. And if my husband and I are, Ethan and I are both working from home, like we, if he needs to be on the phone, I can't be in the same spot. So we've tried to build everything so that it works for, for multiple things. We have lots of different workstations, but you know, there, there was a time in my life where I would have thought, well, that can't, we can't do it in that amount of space. Because if I'm going to do like a live stream on Instagram, I have to have like this really beautiful backdrop. Like I have to have this really staged, like perfect mm -hmm. kind of space to do that. And if you, you limited yourself with the stuff that you have, with the space that you have and all of that, your processes, I think are going to have all around um, from what you create, how you create it, how you share about it, all have to be a little bit more streamlined and a little bit less uh just have less stuff and space attached to them which i think could be could be really good because then there's more time and more energy focused on the creating part and not as much around the making sure it's perfect from how you make it to how you share it all everything that goes with that mm -hmm. <laughs> all right guys we've we've borrowed a lot of your time so i really appreciate you guys coming on being on the show uh we had a great time talking with you guys. We love you both. For the people listening <laughs> at home, uh, you can find Gracie Clump at Gracie Clump, right? That's your Insta. Yep. So her Instagram's yep. at Gracie Clump. And Amanda, you do the honors on, on my behalf because you have two or three Instas, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I do, I do. And they, they all have different purposes, but um, the one where you can find the art is uh, at Amanda Sue Howell. So, okay, easy. so at Amanda Sue Howell. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, um, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about your tiny home dreams. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited. I want to go build it right now. Yeah, let's do it. Well, it's that time again to read the credits. You can find me, your host, Brandon Heyman, on Instagram at Brandon Heyman. Find yourself an entire art community at Artstu52 on Instagram. If you want to become a member, whether you are an artist yourself or just an art appreciator, simply introduce yourself on Instagram and include the hashtag Artstu52. Once you do that, you'll allow us to invite you inside where you can take off your shoes and relax in a big comfy chair so we can get to know you a little better. Artstu is also on Patreon, where for just a dollar a month, you can help directly support this very podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and if you are so inclined, please share this with someone who is a creative or who likes to make things. Until next time, you guys, be well.